This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, Money and Finances, Part 2. Before we get into our show, a few announcements. Uh, First, our program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word a few times through the show. Write the secret word down and listen to another show. In that show, or the second show, listen for the secret word, write that down. Then send me an email, attention at attentiontalkradio.com, with the two secret words in that email, and we'll forward it on to Chad. They will send you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and a PDF copy of the next issue as it is published. Again, just send us two secret words from our show. The address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Also, as an announcement, the 2020 Annual International Conference on ADHD is scheduled for November 5th to the 7th in Dallas. Well, it was scheduled for Dallas, Texas, but because of COVID-19, it's gone virtual. Because it's gone virtual, there's, uh, for those around the world, uh, there's no expenses and there's no reason not to attend this conference. While we like the content that we provide and we're proud of the content we provide on Attention Talk Radio, the content provided at the conference is equally as good. However, there's more interaction with the speakers and other people at the conference. Um, certainly, a physical location is a little bit easier, but they're trying to simulate as best they can in this virtual conference. So I encourage you to um, to check it out. The website is chadd.org, and you can sign up there. We're also going to run a tip uh, from Chad right now to promote the conference. And there's another website that they'll share, but we'll run the tip and then we'll get into the meat of the show. It's time to register for the 2020 Virtual International Conference on ADHD, happening November 5 to 7. Don't miss the opportunity to chat live with the experts and learn the latest ADHD tips and strategies all from your favorite chair at home. Register today at the ADHDconference.org. Uh, thanks again, Chad, for your continued support of our program. We encourage you to support Chad financially. The reason for that is is they're the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. They're the ones that go to Capitol Hill to lobby to get uh, accommodations for those with ADHD Uh, so that we can thrive. Furthermore, it's not just one thing to pass a law, um, but it's another thing is when it gets to the regulatory agencies to make sure the language is correct so that uh, those with ADHD can get those accommodations. Literally, the laws are passed with good intentions, but the definition is a really big deal. And Chad's the one with people going in and, and spending the time to make sure that this stuff is right. As a result, we encourage I mean, our listeners to become members or to donate to Chad to support the cause because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. Certainly, if you sign up to become a member, you get the member benefits, which are very much of value. So to learn more about that, go to chadd.org. So this is part two of our three-part series, ADHD Money and Finances. Uh, last week, um, we aired part one. 
And uh, in that episode, we talked mostly about the core issues of ADHD being self-regulation and working memory and talk about the role that they play in managing money at point of performance at the register. For many with ADHD, um, they can put all the tips, tricks, tool, tools, and strategies. They can have financial spreadsheets at home, et cetera. But when it comes to crunch time at the register, they, they purchase uh, off of emotion because they're struggling with emotional regulation or just uh, just self-regulation in general. And that's why a lot of that stuff doesn't work. So our first show is really trying to focus in on that to bring some awareness to what's going on so that uh, you can realize if all that other stuff isn't working, it's the ADD at that point of performance. That's a big deal. In the first show, we talked about working memory. Working memory is um, really a lot about the ability to use visual imagery to see and or conceptualize things. Um, one of the challenges of uh, money, in the old days, uh, it was easier to conceptualize money based off of what you had in, the, in your pocket. Today, with money being more uh, digital, uh, we don't interact with it, so sometimes it's hard to conceptualize your money. Uh, often bills come digitally. We have auto pay. Uh, we don't really know where we are at any point in time. For some with ADHD that don't struggle as much with self-regulation, it's really about conceptualizing money, and it comes down a lot to tracking money. Uh, this is where the tools come in um, to play around managing money. And one of the things that I've learned when it comes to ADHD, self-regulation, and we talked about in this first show, is the ability to engage your attention. And what I've learned over the years is if you get dopamine, then you pay attention to it. If you don't get dopamine, you don't. And one of the things about tracking money, one of the characteristics about it, it's really boring. It's really, really, really pe repetitive. And those are two characteristics that define uh, a large portion of procrastination, at least from those that I've coached. And so one of the areas that's a bit of a challenge are people um, setting up budgets. If they could actually track their money, digitally or in some way, shape, or form, or get some type of reports, it helps their working memory begin to see and kind of conceptualize money, and then they can begin to manage it. Uh, but I can't tell you, actually, I should say this. I'm not sure I've really run into more than two or three people that I've ever coached that were able to track their finances in some type of spreadsheet or program, whether it be Quicken or QuickBooks, by themselves. Some have other people do it, uh, a lot of business owners, but for the majority, this is a real big challenge. When you go out into the world, a lot of people are talking about uh, the software package to download, and I find a lot of people have downloaded it and they've tried it. They'll set up a budget, uh, maybe, but they don't track it on a regular basis. Again, this requires repetitive, boring things to do to kind of keep up with it, and that's a big it's a big challenge for people with ADHD. And when I'm coaching this space, often I spend a lot of time saying, well, let's let go of the concept that you're going to do this because I'll ask them, have you ever done it? And they go, no. And I go, well, it's to expect that you're going to override that on a regular basis is one we should probably walk away with. So what do you do? Because tracking money uh, for many with ADHD, if they did have uh, reports and they could conceptualize it, they'd make it easier for them to self-regulate at the um, at the register. So one of the things that I've gone towards is let's see what we can do to simplify tracking the money so it's really not so tedious. 
sometimes it's just uh, bartering with somebody. I've actually had people before. Um, one woman in particular years ago, she was an extrovert. She had a friend who was an introvert. The extrovert, we go see the introvert. They were good friends. And then we get together periodically. Uh, the introvert did a lot of stuff online digitally, and the extrovert was didn't like doing that stuff. So we actually devised a way where the person with ADHD, the extrovert, uh, we tied a pen around their neck. And when a receipt at the register, they would write, you know, kind of the category of the receipt. And then every Sunday night, she would go see the introvert, if you will, bring a bottle of wine and drop off her receipts. It was kind of interesting because the, the barter was the bottle of wine and the friendship. The introvert really enjoyed the, the woman and um, looked forward to the bottle of wine. It was happy uh, to do the receipts and it worked out really good for the two of them. And then what the, the, the introvert would do is print off, you know, uh, 3D reports like pie charts and stuff like that for the person with ADHD for them to visualize money. Great story, Jeff. Not something that everybody can do, but I'm showing that out there is because that's, 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 that's there. I've also done a fair amount of work with people with ADHD that their their finances are in shambles and actually encourage them to get a bookkeeper. Now, all of them push back on me on that because it's going to cost them money for a bookkeeper. And I go, well, okay, how much have you paid in late charges and interest fees? And what's your time worth? And there's a setup to this. Um, that's a bit of a challenge. And it also depends a little bit on – um, how you manage things. So for some who don't even know where their bills come into, it's all over the place. And to turn this over means you've got to give passwords to stuff to other people. I'm not necessarily advocating that, but if you are the type of person who gets bills, um, you could drop them off or forward them or find some way where somebody else enters that information while you are paying them to record um, your finances. Um, and that person that you're dealing with keeps it top of mind and you're only having to do a little bit of it. A lot of times the money that you spend for that person to keep your books together is less than what you pay in late fees or interest fees or, or other types of things. There's also something here for people with ADHD. When you're dealing with a bookkeeper and you're talking out loud about your money, we talked about this in the first show, uh, working memory, there's two parts of it. There's visual imagery and by doing reports and stuff and being able to see pipes charts or graphs of your money that helps with you conceptualize money, but also talking out loud about money, about what's going on helps you think through money. And so when you're interacting with somebody, most of you would call that accountability. Um, I would actually say, no, it actually is somebody that you're actually talking out loud about your money for you to begin to kind of conceptualize that a little bit. So um, with that being said is the idea if we can to delegate uh, if we could, the tracking of money, to the tediousness to other people. Um, note, if you're going to look for a bookkeeper, I'm not talking about a CPA. Um, and if you go to a CPA, a lot of times they sometimes will have bookkeepers, but um, you're really looking around for people who just can manage finances, whether it's Craigslist or I like Nextdoor app or something, just to find people that for whatever reason like to do that type of stuff. It might not always be easy to find somebody, but the ones that I've coached that have found somebody, it's just transformational in terms of their life um, to get reports on a weekly basis, every other weekly basis in 3D graphic type form uh, with some summaries so that they feel like they can conceptualize their money and manage it. Um, so that's there. Given the time, let's go to break and we come back and talk about some other ways of tracking money and kind of conceptualize it that are a little bit easier. Our secret word tonight is finances. Again, our secret word is finances. 
Um, I'm ADHD uh, attention coach Jeff Copper. My website is digcoaching.com, where that will be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer, Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents, and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We are here talking about ADHD, uh, money, and finances. And this is part two of our three-part series. Part one, we talked about self-regulation and working memory. Uh, we tried to get down to the core issues at the point of sale, point of performance, and uh, an area that people often ignore, but I find to be really one of the big areas of challenge for people with ADHD. At the end of the day, you can track your finances all day long. You can put everything in place, but if you're not adhering to that stuff at the register or you're, or you're making um, – emotional decisions, then all these tools are not really working for you. And that area has to be kind of addressed if this is not. In part two, we're talking really about the tracking of money. For many with ADHD, if you can conceptualize money, if you can see it or have reports or put your edge around it, it makes it a lot easier for you to self-regulate. One of the challenges of tracking money is it's a very boring, tedious thing that you must do on a regular basis that uh, those characteristics are kind of like the definition of procrastination for people with ADHD. So in this show, what we've been t- talking about right now is really, if you can outsource it in some way, shape or form, either to a friend, if you will, barter with somebody or pay somebody that, that notion of, wait a second, it's going to cost me money to pay somebody. I understand that. But for some, if you add up the interest expenses and uh, late fees that you have on different things um, or the time and effort you spend robbing Peter to pay Paul, um, sometimes it'll pay the cost of the bookkeeper. Moving away from these more robust where you've got maybe quick in or quick books or you've got these really, really comprehensive reports that you've got going on. Uh, other things to do is I've actually coached people who have relatively simple finances very simply to uh, check 
or write down on your bank statement, um, did you have a surplus this month or did you have a deficit? Um, and you track that over a 12-month period of time. So you just put, you know, I'm up a thousand, I'm down two hundred, da da da, and they just look at that number on a regular basis, and it gives them a sense of, you know, inflows and outflows. Again, this can be it's a very very simple way to manage your finances, but you're really looking at that on a regular basis. And sometimes, again, if you have very very simple finances, maybe just a credit card, a bank statement, or whatever, uh, just tracking that. Profit and loss uh, each month is, is somewhat helpful. Another thing that I've I've, I've done with people um, <clears throat> really is is a little bit. See if I can explain this in a simple form. Is you sit down with somebody and you go through your finances, and basically there's a little bit of of work. And really, what you want to do is you want to identify all your expenses. People with ADHD sometimes will go through this laborious exercise where they've got to go through all their uh, credit card statements and all their bills and their bank statements to track everything down, which can get, get a little bit of a challenge, but uh, it's something you want to do that. But sometimes it's really a matter of going out and uh, searching the internet and getting, you know, a list of categories that you spend your money on uh, homeowners insurance, auto insurance, car payments, mortgage, uh, utilities like water, electricity, um, internet, cell phones, groceries, clothing, whatever. You get your list. Then what you do is you, the idea is you want to identify how much you spend in each of those categories on a list. Now, again, it's overwhelming for many to go back through all your records to calculate some things. But often I find that you can just um, very simply kind of take a look at a lot of things by just what you're paying. So, when you have bills, you have fixed cost, you have mixed cost, and you have variable cost. A fixed cost is fixed. It's the same amount every month. My AT&T bill is $100.37 every single month, so that's a fixed cost. It's fixed unless I change my service. A variable cost is just entertainment. Um, going out to the movies or having drinks with friends, that's totally discretionary, vacations, etc. Then there's what I call mixed cost. Mixed costs are things like electricity. I'm going to have electricity, but it goes up and down based on the seasons. I live in Tampa, Florida, so in the summertime, it's a lot higher because of air conditioning. In the wintertime, I open up my house, so I don't have to pay for that. It's just like Peters and TVs. But the idea is rather than go back and digging through all the archives, which if you have the time, you can certainly do that, but you begin to write down all the known fixed costs, and you take a look at some of the mixed costs, and then you take a look at adding those up on a monthly basis. So you add up all your fixed costs and you, you, know, you can just go take a look at maybe your electric bill or whatever and get swag it. If you will get, you know, this is about what it is. And then you go through your bank statements and you take a look at, this is the expenditures and you take that expenditures and subtract your fixed costs and mixed costs. And what's left is really your variable costs. Once you have that conceptual, um, and again, it's just really a place to start. But the idea here, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, in order to manage money, is to to manage the variable costs, not all the money in totality. So in simple terms, and again, this, this I'm just framing this out as an example for you to think about, is imagine, if you will, you have all your paychecks direct deposited into an account. 
And then from that account, you have all of your fixed costs paid for. For some of you, you can have that automatic bill pay. For some of you, you might write a check out of that account. But the bottom line is, is basically you calculate all your fixed costs. That's just every single month that you've got to pay. And it comes out of that revenue account. Then what you do is you have an allowance set up that transfers money out of that account into another account. Ideally, that transfer is automated. So imagine you had one checking account where your deposit goes into and your fixed costs get paid out of, and then you have a transfer from that account to another checking account, which is your variable costs. Ideally, you want it set up so that you can't move money back and forth between those two among an app. The reason for that is, is if you can do that from a self-regulation perspective, it's easy just to move that money around. But think about the money being moved to that, that variable cost bank account as being your allowance. And you can do it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, but we're getting back to we know what your revenue is, particularly if you're on a salary. We know what your fixed cost is every month. And if you're giving yourself an allowance each week and you walk around with a debit card, basically you've got to manage that week for all your variable costs to whatever money's in that account. Notice what we're doing is we're taking the enormity of your finances and sitting down on a one-time deal and trying to allocate this stuff out so that the fixed costs are taken off the table so you don't have to review that, but you're really managing the variable costs on a daily basis in order for you to manage your finances. So we took this huge, massive thing and we've narrowed it down to really just, uh, you know, I don't have the money to go to the movies this weekend or I think I'm going to save up to go on a vacation. So you're interacting with that money just on the variable side, the ones that you can choose to, and you're putting a limit. So ideally, again, if the money goes from one bank to the other account and you can go on your app and you can borrow money when you need to it's it negates the point of all this ideally what you need is to if you want to move the money you can but you have to physically go to the bank you have to physically walk in the door and you have to go to the teller i found people this to be effective because if they have to go through all that effort to go get the money it's a pause and they don't necessarily do it and they 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 manage money this way um, what I hope that you're starting to see is that we're we're trying to negate the entry of all that data. We sit down on a one-time basis, maybe with somebody, and we set this thing up and we carve out an allowance, kind of like the old days where you're managing money in your in your from your pocket. Let's go to break again. We'll come and continue this a little bit in the mindset to kind of talk about how you can track the money so that it makes it easier for you to self-regulate. Our secret word today is finances. Again, our secret word is finances. Again, I'm ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. 
You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. We are, we're walking through part two of a three-part series on finances. Based off of my experience as a coach, um, I want to be kind of clear. I don't want to represent myself as a financial planner or a financial expert. I'm really just talking about what I've learned in coaching people and uh, breaking it down into what's, what's going on and give you some mindsets to address this. Again, part one of our series, we talked about self-regulation, working memory, and how it manifests um, at point of performance at the register of purchases. Again, if the if the tips, the tricks, the strategies, and uh, quicken and all that stuff isn't working, um, and you're doing that, chances are it's a point of performance issue. So that shows a, a big, a big one to listen to. For many I've coached with ADHD, they are they can self-regulate at the register if they can conceptualize money. The problem with that is there's a lot to it. So how do you track it and how do you visualize it? And um, the idea of banging all this stuff into Quicken or some online program um, is a little bit daunting, and many of them, they have good intentions, but they don't actually execute it. So we talked about the notion of, of outsourcing it, or now I'm kind of getting into more simplified versions where you're either just manage your money off of just the, the net income of your bank statement, if you have very simple finances, or to sit through and categorize things in terms of fixed costs, mixed costs, and variable costs, <clears throat> and then set that stuff up, and then just moving so that you're just managing the variable costs on a, on a point of, of, of performance basis, and we get rid of all the con- complexities. If you're a commission-type person <clears throat> where your income is really variable, this can be a little bit of a challenge. Um, if you're also one where your expenses are changing constantly for whatever reason, maybe moving, that's it's not necessarily going to work for you. But the mindset here really is to sit down and begin to isolate the money that you can manage based off the choices. Now, I'm going to pause for a second when I've gone through this exercise with people, it's been interesting to me as you get through all the things that you buy um, for people, particularly on entertainment, the number of people that have like Spotify, XM radio um, and various entertainment type things where they're getting similar things from different places. They might have Netflix, they might have Hulu, they might have uh, YouTube TV where there's redundancy and overlap. There's a little bit with this exercise to sit down and say, hey, listen, um, I spent a lot of money on all these things. Which are the core ones that I need that I can get what I want to reduce really uh, expenditure? So uh, Netflix is a fixed cost. Hulu might be a fixed cost. XM Radio is a fixed cost. But if you sit there and say, listen, I'm just going to do XM Radio and get rid of the others and use that for all your devices, you've made a decision and reduced your fixed costs. Hopefully that's not going to confuse uh, too many of you. But the idea really is, is you're, you're, you're working our way through this stuff because we want to simplify your, your finances down to just those things. Another thing that works for some, not for everybody, is where you begin to have credit cards or debit cards that are associated with a category. I've had some people before that struggle 
I'm telling you, struggle with taxes and finances that have like something like a health problem. And when they go to the store, they make a purchase of medications and they're, they're purchasing like groceries at the same time. Their medical bills are so high that they can actually take a deduction for them. That becomes a problem because where do they go and get this stuff? They've got to go through those receipts. So some of them, uh, an HSA works, but other times just if you have a uh, debit card or a, a credit card that's dedicated just to that particular category that you use. So if you're at the grocery store and you're buying medications and groceries, you have two transactions. You run one of them for the medications and the other one uh, for the groceries. That requires self-regulation at the register. For some people with ADHD, they can do that. And I advocate that because at the end of the day, you have bank statements that have all that stuff. It's very easy for you to find those calculations. You'd certainly use the Visa card for co-pays or, or whatever. Um, other things that you might have is if you have direct pay and you don't pay it from your bank, you have one credit card for all your fixed costs, another credit card for your variable costs. Again, you begin to categorize these things a little bit so that from a reporting perspective, it's a little bit easier. What's going to work for you is going to, is dependent upon you. Um, what works for somebody else might work for them. It won't necessarily work for you. Uh, for those that are married out there, sometimes you've got to say, this is my allowance, this is my spouse's allowance, and this is our allowance. It can get kind of crazy, but again, if you break it all down and you have the ability to say, this is the card for our joint stuff, this is the card for my allowance, this is the card for her allowance, and things come in, she's managing hers on her card, you're managing yours, and then collectively you're making the decision. Again, what we're doing is we're trying to conceptualize money by breaking it down into buckets where what you see on your accounts, what you have to spend to, to make it easier for you to regulate that, that net effort. Um, again, again, this is a little bit more kind of compartmentalizing. One last comment with regard to this that I find is that uh, people with ADHD, they, uh, when they deal with finances, they deal with the money coming and going every day. And at the end of the day, um, if you have a house, you got to buy a new roof every 20 years, roughly. Um, if you have an air conditioner, maybe every 10 um, often with people with ADHD, those are out of sight, out of mind. And when they get that bill, it, they don't, they don't have it. If you're going to go through this exercise where you're going to set up fixed costs, mixed costs and variable costs, I encourage people to begin to calculate those costs that you need, like maybe a new roof, figure out what the cost of roof is, break it down into 20 years and then into months. And then you have some money set aside as a fixed cost to pre-fund that when it happens so that when that roof is needed, it doesn't come out of your savings account or go onto a credit card. Uh, for many people, that's a bit of a challenge. They say, listen, I don't have the money for that. Again, this comes back to self-regulation and has you have question lifestyle. Um, but again, the idea is this, your finances are just not your day-to-day -day stuff. In summary, the exercise where you sit down, you go fixed costs, mixed costs, variable costs, and you set this stuff up and you have money on one side where the income comes in, fixed costs, and a lot of the mixed costs are going out the door so you can't touch it. And that runs on autopilot and you can't get to it, what's left is basically you're managing an allowance on variable costs, and we're trying to take it back to point of performance. There's no money in my account. I can't spend it. Debit cards are good for that. Credit cards make it easy for you to swipe for those exceptions. But again, we're trying to drive the decision-making at point of performance where you have limited resources and you actually have to do the thinking at that point in time. In totality, this 
show was really a lot about trying to help people how to manage the paper, conceptualize money. What I've described won't work for everybody, but I hope that you begin to get a mindset and can dovetail what we talked about in the first show with regard to self-regulation and working memory into this. For some, you can go through this all day long because you still have a self-regulation problem, spend less emphasis on this, maybe go more to money. But for those that can self-regulate, Getting this stuff down and being able to see it and touch it and feel it and interact it can be very, very helpful for those uh, managing it. With that, I hope this has been helpful. It's been insightful. I realize that many of you just want the answers. Um, if one answer worked for you, there would only be one book on this. The fact of the matter doesn't, so you have to adjust it to yourselves. But hopefully I've given you some pause to think and maybe design something that works for you. Our secret word tonight is finances. Catch us next week for part three. We're going to start talking more about investing. For that, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.